Hello, and welcome to the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. Each episode, we talk about a particular topic in the life of a professor. We are tenure-track faculty members in the sciences, working at a primarily undergraduate university in California. The purpose of our podcast is reflection, so we bring something we think is working and something we're working on to discuss. Welcome to the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. I'm Ruth. And I'm Claire. And today we're talking about reflecting on the semester. But first, Ruth, how was your week? My week was good. Um, I were doing lots of kind of actual wrap up as well as sort of reflecting wrap up. But one thing this week that was taking my virtual teaching to a new challenge level was um, grading and kind of dealing with a final exam without a letter P on my keyboard. So my letter P broke <laughs> and was not working. And I was like, this is so difficult. Like having wow. to answer all these questions in rapid fire and like, like something like there is a part of the question that was about an applied force. And I was like, Oh, so I have to write out the force of the X direction that's being like put on the thing and wow. like momentum, the symbol is P. So it's so just, you just had was, to rephrase everything to not use the letter P. Yeah, and then eventually I went on like a different computer and typed some things and put them in a Google Doc so I could paste them. And it just was so ridiculous. And, <laughs> but it was like, it's not hard enough to be answering all these questions super quickly in a Zoom chat. That's I had to have so a bit funny. of an added wow. element to it. So there you go. That was that was my week. So in, I was, oh, in, uh, in undergrad, I did sea semester and we went to um, Pacific Islands called Kiribati. But... And I don't know if it's a typewriter thing, but I know that in Kiribati, it's pronounced with an S, but all the S's are typed as T-I, so it looks like Kiribati. Oh. Um, and I remember when we learned about that, we were wondering if it had to do with something like that. Like we oh, just well, there you go. That S's. could be like a whole new branch of physics, just... I'm going to need to start spelling it with an F instead. Yeah, being exactly. Like I don't have a P Applied force is spelled with... Yeah, exactly. And like I sent something to a student and instead of hope, I had ho and I was like, <laughs> wanted to almost convey, like, I don't have the letter P, but then what do I put for, I don't have, I don't, I don't have the have letter the between letter. Q and like, it was just ridiculous. So much like a lot of things that have been happening lately. So yeah. That's hilarious. New challenges yeah. all the time. Yes, exactly. So tell me, how was your week? Oh, my week was good. So yeah, so as we're recording this, we have finished finals week and we have a couple more days of grading. And um, one thing I've been grading is their final proposals that they wrote, um, oh, cool. where they proposed to do some analysis. And they, you know, I, I kind of have them structure uh, like it would be a normal proposal where you have an introduction and you explain your proposed work, including sampling and analysis. And then you talk about what the expected results and benefits are going to be. And a cool thing. So first of all, I don't normally assign that. That was something that I came up with because we didn't have hands-on lab work this semester, but I'm really enjoying them working on proposals. Ooh. And also, I had just recently been on an NSF panel reviewing proposals, and so it was really kind of cool to be grading their proposals with the context of having read a bunch of proposals, and I felt like I was giving comments with that mindset, you know, like, That's... oh, this would be stronger and more effective to your readers based on my experience <laughs> if you did it this way. So that was cool. Dude, having been the recipient of your review comments on an NSF proposal, like you should, that, that would be such a great service. I would like highly recommend you to everybody well, 
because yeah i enjoy doing that. i think you i literally wrote something exactly like this like it would be stronger if you wrote this, this way and i was <laughs> like that is true and you managed to do it in a way that doesn't make me want to go cry in a corner so so easy to have that happen when you're oh yeah reading critiques yeah that's so, cool though it's yeah. it is weird like overall with this semester that like there is some things that have certainly come out like assignments or little things I've done that I'm like oh I would want to keep that totally like I never thought to do proposals until Ralph and I were having a discussion at the end of you know last semester in the spring and I was saying what am I going to do for these final projects and I like proposals I think that's really cool and it gives them an insight into the scientific community like this is how a lot of funding moves around is proposals yeah so I think it's a cool cool thing I'm into totally Awesome. So I think, are you going to give us a quote this week? I am, and I'm bringing us back to Harry Potter here. Nice. Um, so this is at the very end of The Goblet of Fire, the fourth Harry Potter book, and we've just, you know, Voldemort is back out in the, you know, we know he's around and doing things, so it's a bad situation. Um, but Hagrid has wise words for us, and he says, No good sitting worrying about it. What's coming will come, and we'll meet it when it does. Hagrid, huh? He Hagrid, I know. I could do with being a lot embodying a lot more Hagrid. Good person for sure. to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. My jam is freaking out about absolutely <laughs> everything. And then when it comes up completely incapable of coping <laughs> with it. So that's a yeah. Yes. Cool. So yeah, so today I guess we're gonna from the position of being total experts at virtual teaching, well, that's completely sarcastic. <laughs> the way, but, um, of having survived a semester of virtual yes, teaching. Uh-huh. True. Um, so we're going to reflect on the things that worked and the things that didn't. And I'm certainly thinking of the things that worked as things that maybe I will carry into next semester because I'm actually teaching the same course again. So Fantastic. I have a good, you know, experiment running where I'm going to repeat the whole thing. <laughs> so tell me, what things do you think worked well for you this semester? So I really enjoyed having live lectures. So what I did was I had Zoom meetings. Everyone logged into Zoom. We were all in the same Zoom meeting. I had my tablet where I wrote down stuff like I'd write on the board. They could see it with a shared screen. I could switch over to PowerPoint if I needed to show something. We could go into breakout rooms. And I really appreciated all of that being live. Um, I thought that was really helpful because we can have interactions between me and the students and between the students and other students interspersed in the lecture and I really found that valuable so I could we could cover a little content then we could do some interactions then we could cover a little content more interactions so I really found that valuable um there were definitely a few people who didn't have fast enough internet or something like that um but if anyone didn't have fast enough internet they could watch the recorded lecture after the fact and I'm not sure that that would be any worse for them than if the whole class was pre-recorded so I didn't feel like they were getting any worse end of the stick necessarily. It'd obviously be better yeah. if they could come live, but given that they can't, um, I thought that was fine. Um, so yeah, I really appreciated having the live lectures. And um, in the in the you know half semester when we turned um, virtual midway through the semester, I had not done live lectures, and um, I did we did, we didn't get as much interaction with the students um, and between each other. And so anyway, I'm I'm a fan of the live lectures. I'm gonna keep keep doing that. I heartily agree and I think from hearing students I think it's really beneficial to them totally I mean and I think like if they um I think they found it like you know it's sort of a way of organizing their day you know and I was like slightly different where 
my lectures were recorded and I think honestly that's due to having kids at home and mm-hmm, doing the homeschool sure. so I it wasn't like a pedagogical choice or whatever yeah and I think practical. and I think for like a lot of advice about having content that was asynchronous I think that does really work for the more traditional online students who are working full-time and but a lot of the kids that we have are just undergrad students who want to be like have their schedule yeah you know what I mean and Mm -hmm. you know it's almost too much for them maybe to be completely the person metering out how they go through the semester like it's you know yeah, I so mean, I it's, think... it's it's different if you're working and you're trying to structure a class in around the work as opposed yeah. to if you're a student and you structure the work in around the student. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we have a lot of students who are full-time students dedicated to being students, and it, it does, and I agree with you. And are really young. And are very, yeah, a lot of them are right out of high school. So it's yeah. it's... I think it's very helpful for a lot of them, like you say, to have, I'm going to be doing this Monday, Wednesday, Friday at nine, as opposed to having it added onto their to-do list of things that they have yeah. to do whenever they can make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what about you? Okay. Yeah. Um, well, actually that was one of the things I was going to say was I had, um, so I had recorded lectures, but I had an online activity section uh-huh. where we met for two hours and worked through the physics problems and in person I think that's where all the magic happens and for this semester that's where some very diluted but some magic happened (laughs) so I think that really worked and having the breakout rooms and working through the problems and I just kind of flitted between breakout rooms and worked through them with stuff and Mm -hmm. and it's it's always where the bit where they're like oh yeah yeah I got this you're like did you what did you do for question four can you show me your graph and you're like oh we didn't I mean that sounds like I'm being a jerk but I'm like oh oh that's an interesting but this is actually what you do and well that's that's a good point it's a great time for realizing that you don't actually have it because you're actually doing the work of practicing it so that makes sense well and it's just they're so you know passive in how they're kind of taking in the information, not by their fault, just by the kind of nature of it. And mm-hmm. so I think it's so easy to think you understand something yes. until you actually try to do it yourself. Totally. And then you're like, wow, this is not what I thought. So mm-hmm. I'm going to have that next semester. And I'm, I, th- I don't know if I explained this on here before, but there was various reasons why my students could not meet during our lab time. Mm-hmm. And so next semester, that's not going to happen. So oh, now great. we're going to meet twice a week and have the two hour or like I think an hour for activity and then two hours on the Friday for labs. And so I'm really relieved that we're going to be touching base twice a week instead. Because mm-hmm. once a week was intense. Like there was one week where the Wednesday was a day off and then suddenly and then there was a break and I hadn't seen anyone for three weeks. And then sure. we were having a test and it just <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah, it just wasn't ideal. So yeah. I think seeing them twice a week is going to really help. Yeah. And, and all of this is on Zoom, right? It's all... Yes. And I think, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know if it's being a jerk, but I really try to insist, encourage, cajole people <laughs> into having their cameras on. And it totally changed how I interacted with them. Now, like how, the ones, do, what's your strategy for that? Because I was very ineffective at getting the cameras on. This I semester. think that in the beginning, I said, like, you get attendance credit for coming to activity. And that means participation mm-hmm. and to participate I want your and I think I just said it often enough and like oh hey could everyone please can you please put your it's great if okay. you put your camera on and so but then I still had like definitely 
maybe five kids who just couldn't because, well, they said they couldn't because their internet couldn't cope with it mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. they would get dropped out. So, but it really changed, like, I have a few people who I think I saw them once or twice, but generally I kind of don't really know what they look like. Like, I totally. didn't feel the same sort of, oh yeah, so-and-so or, you know, mm-hmm. so I think having the camera on was super helpful. That's cool. I think, and I think it's helpful for them too, because if yes. I had my camera off, I would totally just be reading like star signs and not doing anything. You know what I mean? Totally. And, so, and again, the interaction, like yeah. they want to, I assume they would like and benefit from interaction with each other as well in right. these activity sessions. So that was good. And then another thing that worked well, I think I would like to figure out how to do this in person if, if we get there, but is the lecture quizzes. So that was my thing. Like you obviously had live lectures, so you know when people listened to them and attended. Mm-hmm. But I really, and I still don't know for sure if some of the times they were just guessing stuff. Because my sure. lecture quizzes, like they would be things like, did the dog fall in the water or whatever. And sometimes people would be like, no. And you're like, dude, we solved the problem that showed yes. It absolutely. So I don't know. Sometimes I'm sure they weren't watching the lecture quizzes, but I think there was some accountability. Mm-hmm. And those were those. due shortly after you posted the lecture videos, I presume? They were due the following week. Mm-hmm. So I had, they had a whole week to watch the videos. Mm-hmm. And then the Sunday night before the new week, they had to have uh, watched them and answer these quizzes. Mm-hmm. And so that seemed good. And then the other thing that worked well for me was like mild harassment of students. <laughs> and like if they didn't show up or hand stuff in, sending emails like, hey, yes. what's going on? Are you okay? And, you know... I definitely had, I definitely lost more students this semester than I ever have before, but there was a couple who kind of dipped out and then maybe, I don't, I don't, who knows, because it's not controllable, but maybe through an email sort of feel like they have a a way of coming back in then, Mm -hmm. you know, so Mm -hmm. yeah, so that was good. Well, those all sound great. Yeah, Yeah. I I also definitely lost more students than usual this semester, Mm -hmm. meaning that they stopped you know, responding to emails and stopped handing things in and stuff. Um, but yeah, I did have a bunch of students as well where, you know, I would reach out and they would say, oh man, thank you so much for reaching out. I've yeah. had a few things come up, but I'm planning to get back to it. And so I hope that that was helpful. And I think it was. I think I had a student once say to me that one of the most important things that happened to him in his undergrad was a professor pulling him in and saying, what's going on? Like, why haven't you handed stuff in? And like the professor, I think was almost irritated because they were like, you're a really good student. Why are you doing this? And then it really made them feel seen. And like, it did matter whether they, and it kind of snapped out of whatever was going on. Yeah. And they kind of pulled it back together. And so, yeah, I think just knowing that someone notices if you're there or not is a big thing for sure. Totally. Totally. I agree. Yeah. Cool. So um, I'm working on, I guess I'm interested in fostering more natural interactions among students. Um, You know, in Zoom, we have the breakout rooms and they can interact within their room and that's cool. But I would love to get some like before lecture, after lecture, casual chit chat going on. Um, So I'm thinking, and I'm not quite sure, I've worked out some of the details, but all of them aren't quite worked out. But there's this other... Um, platform called Gather Town that I'm thinking oh. of using for lectures. And so um, 
My hope is that it would foster more interactions and also provide more versatility for group work. So, um, the cool thing in Gathertown, I think we mentioned it at one point on this podcast, but you've got a little avatar creature and you walk around a virtual room and, um, whenever your avatar is next to another avatar, you can have a virtual conversation and then you walk away and you're no longer hearing that person, but you hear other people, whoever you're next to. So I thought with that, it'd be really cool because everyone would log in, you know, a few minutes before and you just chat with whoever you want to. And, um... And then, so I looked into some of the features to see how this would work. They have, you know, a university category of room. Okay. And um, so, first of all, they can easily work in groups because they just get next to their group and they can all chat to each other. Dude, um, that could be so cool if you were like, that's the thing that really messed me up was like maybe wanting to be like, great, here's a time where you could go and right. chat about this for two minutes. But it's like, oh, it's not even worth opening all the breakout rooms and manually putting people in because that's right yeah no matter what I did I could never get the breakout rooms yeah people never logged in with the right email and (laughs) you know so it just yeah yeah the breakout rooms are awesome but I feel like this could be better um yeah so yeah so and then I can walk around the room and as I pass the groups I would hear whatever conversation I was next to so I'd be able to kind of eavesdrop I'm all about the eavesdropping. That's yes. You get the good gossip and stuff. And then there's also like a, you can make a little spotlight zone where if you stand in this spotlight, everybody in the room can hear you. So then I could easily be like, hey guys, a lot of you are thinking about this wrongly. So think about question three, like so, and then get out of the spotlight and they can go back to group work. So I think yeah. that'd be cool. You can share the screen. Um, currently, my hang up with this is I'm not, I can't, I don't think, share my tablet and write on the board like I did in zoom oh, okay. um but there might be some what you can share your computer screen so if i can somehow get my tablet to display so, on my computer screen it should work so i'm, can I'm you still working lecture to everyone in the room you can like at certain points can you be like we're all listening to me now and then go back to your exactly and okay. you do that just by walking your avatar to the special spot in the room that's like oh, everyone okay. listen to me spot yeah which mm-hmm. is exactly how it is in a classroom <laughs> that's true <laughs> it's the, true you go up to the front and then you're like yeah yeah okay cool so so some kinks to work out it would definitely be different. And I know, you know, like our university said, everyone is using Zoom. And so all the students, all the faculty have used Zoom a lot. So there would be, you know, the activation energy of we're going to use this other platform. But um, I think it could be worth it. And the group work and the informal interactions before and after, I think, would be significantly improved. So that could be super cool. I wonder cool. even, I mean, whatever way you do it, but you could always not do it every time you meet like it could be once a week or something sure mm-hmm. was the more yeah. chatty like in terms of if you can't figure out using the the, the pad the ipad right or whatever, right and then, then it could, could be like we only take notes on the night um you know chalkboard yeah. style on mondays but on wednesdays we do more group work stuff yeah totally that's that's a good point that's super cool i like that because that yeah. is a thing about in my daughter's third grade class at the beginning of each class the teacher does like a survey mm-hmm. like you know what do you prefer, like Frankenstein or Dracula or whatever? Uh-huh. Oh, that's I was funny. like, do I need to do that? Is that what I need to do to keep people like interacting? But I'm not sure how that would go down with students in their 20s. But anyway, <laughs> the third graders fun. love it. Yeah, they're into it. Yeah, we just had a, a college-wide faculty staff holiday party that had a lot of trivia like that. And I Oh, did you go time. to the? I did, yeah. Oh, cool, mm-hmm. cool. Um. Yes. So, okay. My list of working on is quite extensive. All right. So yeah, start, start us on it. Yeah. What do you got? Okay. So I think one thing is 
too many emails. And so <laughs> I think, I mean, yes. not just the emails, but so many repeat emails where... Same topic. Mm-hmm. It's just like basically the same thing. And I think obviously one thing I could do would be do an announcement if... But sometimes it's like I've gotten four emails about the same thing. And you're like, maybe that's the last one. And I don't need to do a whole class-wide <laughs> yeah. announcement. But like, okay, that was not the last one. I need to do a whole class-wide announcement. Another thing that happened to me was students not reading emails. So like, oh yeah, say at one point I had a lecture that I uploaded where my voice, like the the writing was not synced up. Mm-hmm. Like the, the writing paused somehow and my voice kept going. And mm-hmm. it was fine because I had a PDF of the notes so they could use that to follow along and it wasn't the end of the world but I sent an email to everyone like this happened with lecture blah 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 and then three days later I got like eight emails like professor did you know that this was happening Mm -hmm. and I was like oh my you guys don't read a single email I send you do you so I think one thing that I think normally dilutes that is students sit next to each other and it's like what was question four and like did you do question four or not and you know, did you see that thing with the lecture? And they just sort of figure it out amongst themselves. So sure. I've definitely heard of people using discussion forums effectively. Mm-hmm. So that's something I would like to try and do. And I wonder about doing something like you get like credit for participating on the discussion forum and asking. So I think, OK, here was my reason for not doing the discussion forum mm-hmm. thing was. um, So I took a class during the summer about how to do online teaching And the instructor there had a really active question forum. And it was really clearly like, this is where you go to ask questions. Mm -hmm. And I, and, but she was so active on there. Like Mm -hmm. you would get your question answered quickly there. So it wasn't, I believed it that you could do that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so part of my thing is I can't figure out how to use Canvas effectively on my phone. And so because a lot of the time I'm kind of, running around with the kids Mm -hmm. it seemed like email was a better option for me because I can like do that on my phone so I think I thought it would be more workload but I think having just experienced the constant tsunami of emails I'm like this it will be more effective to put a bit of energy into setting up this discussion forum yeah and hopefully you know students go there first to look and then look for an answer to their question and maybe they post the question maybe someone else sees it before you do and they answered that wouldn't that be magic yeah and I think one thing that I wonder about, and maybe this is a whole other episode, but one thing I wonder about is how to politely say, go away and check the discussion forum and don't email me about this. Like just like a speech or like a kind of go-to phrase, like, oh, what a great question. And this is a great question for the discussion forum. So I'll put it over there and you can go look at the answer there or how to do that without it being rude. Interesting. Or like off-putting to the student, like... Yeah. I got a couple questions recently saying... Well, one in particular I'm thinking of saying... um, What is the homework assignment for homework seven or something? You know, they were going back to an old homework. And I said, oh, check. You know, Canvas is our learning management system with all the um, assignments and everything. So I said, oh, go to the homework seven assignment and it'll say there. Um, And if you can't find it at that point then ask me again, which I feel like could have a little bit of off-puttingness because it's like, go find it. But on the other hand, I would have had to go find it (laughs) to give him the answer. And now he has the information of where to find that stuff in the future. So I felt okay doing that. I know. Um, And I think that's a thing. Like, I just always worry about, like, I'm very 
ridiculously anti-confrontation or something Mm -hmm. or like whatever I don't know but it's you know I think there is a point where you're actually teaching more skill sets than just sure doing the chemistry problem and knowing when you should like I just want to have almost a column in my mind of this is a me problem and this is a you problem like which ones do you know what I mean so Hmm. like this is work you should be doing like it's not reasonable for you to go and highlight re tell them the entire assignment that is clearly on campus so yeah I think I need a better I mean I think you can phrase it I think it's possible to phrase that kind of thing very positively like oh I have the answer to your question you know where you find information about that kind of thing is on the discussion forum so go there yeah I mean yeah you wouldn't have answered it yet necessarily if, if in the case where the answer's already on the discussion forum, awesome. If it's not there, then you say, oh, perfect question for the discussion forum. Please go put your question there and I'll respond. Sure. Right. And like, does it feel, is it rude to be like, okay, I could just type the response in the email. But then if you reply by email, are you kind of undercutting your whole efforts with the discussion forum? What if you said, here's the answer. This is exactly the kind of question for the discussion forum. Will you post the question and answer on the discussion forum? Oh, okay. Yes. I like that. That could be cool. And then cool. you're kind of, because I've read, read some things about, like, when you kind of enlist people to help you. Yes. It's not as, like, yeah, okay, I really like that. Can you remind me of this? <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll just, you'll be like, I, no, don't even remind me. You should be like, Ruth, that information's in the podcast. Go listen to it yourself. <laughs> Go listen back. It's that minute um, whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, I have some more here. Yeah, what else? Labs did not work for me. Okay. And I think it's because I wasn't able to meet. And so I think I made a complete mess of that so i think hopefully this will be better when they're in groups online during a set time we'll work through the lab if they had to wrap up a couple of things afterwards it'd be okay but it was just partly my writing of the assignments was not clear enough and then just the fact that they all their schedules were crazy so finding time to meet was crazy and it just none of it was smooth so asynchronous virtual labs did not do it for you, but you're hoping they that didn't. synchronous virtual labs will be better. Yes. That makes sense. I think that should be. And yeah. And then the other thing, the other, I'm going to, I'll keep it a bit short, but um, maybe we need to have a future episode about this, about chegging homework. And unfortunately I found a whole bunch more of my homeworks on Chegg. And what a bummer. Yeah. Chegg. Sorry, I'm not saying it. The, the website that rhymes <laughs> with egg. <laughs> that, yes, we can all figure out. But I, we got an amazing email from uh, Andrew talking about ways to sort of deal with this and I'm super into them and I think maybe we should talk about this again I think we should maybe we'll save it for that but there was some really cool ideas in there about how to deal with it but here is my biggest sort of new semester resolution for next semester and okay it's boundaries and working Ooh. on having boundaries and that has been it just you know and I think kind of having a little bit of sympathy for myself like it was totally unknown what we were going into this semester and I think being flexible and kind was super essential totally but I think for some students I did not end up serving them well with that too flexible and and kind defeated some of the purpose is that what you're saying right and you know honestly a couple of kids I ended up feeling quite bitter and frustrated but in some ways I allowed the situation to go on beyond what I was comfortable with you know Mm -hmm. in terms of them asking for way too much help you know and I think so I think what my lesson for myself is I am not very good on implementing or enforcing boundaries on the fly so I need to have some 
internal metric for myself. So like a student emailed asking for an extension on something and this student's always incredibly confident in asking for things like this is absolutely what they should have. And I kind of paused for a minute and looked at their stuff and I was like, oh, you've handed in 19 things late this semester. So it makes me wonder, should I have like, yes, we can be flexible because people sometimes people just need a break Mm -hmm. and then they just get back on the track and it's fine and everything goes up. But there needs to be a point, I think, where you're sort of undermining what your class is about like if the purpose of lecture quizzes is to have watched the lectures at the time and be ready to do an exam like your kid email me can I do the lecture quiz from week one right now and you're like really like this really sure whatever but it's there's no point academically in doing that like watching a lecture video about the introduction to velocity and acceleration at this point is just yeah yeah I think interesting and I think I'm going to try for myself to enforce that too by having set times that I respond to student emails because mm-hmm. I was just responding all the time yeah and constantly and it would have been fine if they had to wait two hours for an email reply it's not the end of the world totally I've definitely picked up on you know some people that I email always respond in the morning and it's like oh okay yeah. that's fine now I know and you can tell them that explicitly if you want to whatever you're your plan times are or it can just be you have a system and they'll they'll well, and become I had used a student to that. get upset with me last week that i didn't reply to a homework question that was sent at like 9 30 at night mm-hmm. and i was like that's so unreasonable but then in some ways i had been doing that up to that point so, sure so expectations were set that makes sense yeah mm-hmm. so i was definitely so i think that's probably the biggest thing to work on is boundaries mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. having yeah, I, I totally am going to hex us by saying maybe next semester will be smoother and we won't have as many, you know, crazy things happening. Yeah, I mean, it's but. definitely, um, we've talked before about, like, you were talking about the student taking the lecture quiz for week one at the end of the yeah. semester. I think we've talked before about how it can be not clear to the students, and we could maybe do more to make this clear, how intentional the classes are set up and how they are building and they all fit together um in a way that's going to be more than the sum of the parts if you do it in that order yeah. um so maybe being more explicit about that and potentially and or more form firm about deadlines could alleviate some of that although we are still in the phase of i was i've been calling it the semester of flexibility but now it's the year of flexibility <laughs> yeah. so i'm I, yeah well one thing i have thought about doing and i I'll see how it goes. But one thing I was thinking about doing was a flip grid of asking students who not necessarily got A's, but just really seem to engage well with the class, asking them to give advice to future students. Oh, that's cool. What a great idea. How... I love yeah, it. Yeah, because some people just did such a great job of like being in the rhythm of the stuff and always mm-hmm. getting stuff in on time and kind of some people really wobbling at the beginning, but then pulling it together and getting yes. really steady towards the end and so I think that's awesome. Yeah. And maybe yeah. maybe also students who did take some, you know, extensions on stuff, but then caught up. And yes, exactly. like, how did they do that? That's very hard to do. What was their approach to that? Well, I think that's something I wish we could. Yeah. Like specifically that have students acknowledge because when they ask for extensions, of course. They don't really, they're not really acknowledging they have to find extra time from somewhere. Right. It's not just, like, I don't know. It's just, 
it's hard to sort of do that without being super negative. Like, you know, you probably won't get this done, right? Like, that's not super helpful. But Not super helpful. But uh, but no. in a lot of cases, it does work well. It's just that yeah. there's also a lot of cases where it doesn't work well. So figuring out, I, I love your idea of interviewing, getting the information from the success stories so that you can pass it on to future students. That's awesome. Yeah. I had a student years ago in person who was like halfway through the semester and for some reason, he just resisted me for so long about drawing a diagram. Uh-huh. And then one day in class, he was like, it really does help to draw a diagram. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I wish I could videotape this and like play it for everyone. Be like, you may think it's pointless to draw a diagram, but look what Johnny has to say. He learned <laughs> that like, that would be very cool. So, Johnny yeah. resisted for three weeks, but now <laughs> he's on board with the diagrams. That's fun. Yeah. But cool. OK, Claire, this is cool. Yeah. Good to good to brainstorm. Thanks, Ruth. Thanks so much for joining us on the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. We're delighted to have you as a listener and we would love to hear from you. And if you want to email us, our address is contactprofessorpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear any of your suggestions for future shows or professor quotes that you might want to share with us, or even just things that have come up for you when you were listening to previous episodes. And if you've been enjoying the podcast, we would love if you would spread the word. So the best way to spread word is by telling people you know if you think they should listen to it or you can leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next time.